1: What's happening, guys? Welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, a proud streaming partner of the Dynasty Warzone, aka we're a proud streaming partner of Roto Underworld. I get so excited because it's a brand new show. It's our week one recap. We got a lot of Dynasty goodness for you, but you may say to yourself, Self, are these guys not live streaming anymore? We're not. We're being scheduled like your favorite TV show. We will be up on. Player Profiler on Thursdays, 5 p.m. So you'll no longer find us under the live video section. You'll find us under the just video section. So no longer under live, under videos, Thursday, 5 p.m. And I know this because I will have recorded it before 5 p.m. And then podcast also on Thursday. So that's how it works. Uh, We'll get into more of that throughout the show and throughout other shows. But I don't want to make my guest wait any longer he jumped on the Hot Take Prediction Show a couple of weeks ago. He is our rookie guru over at the Dynasty Warzone. He hosts a show when he's not remodeling a house or preparing trips to Italy. He is our guy, Mr. Dallas Hyder at Salad, that's two L's, S-A-L-L-A-D, at Salad Galore on X. So uh, Dally, buddy, what's going on, man?
0: Hey, Memphis. Yeah, good to be back on here. Yeah, as you uh, mentioned, I'm very busy this month, uh, counting down the days until I'm on the Amalfi Coast next Tuesday. So uh, just trying to get through the work week and at the same time finish up. Luckily, the kitchen demo is pretty much done. They're putting in the floors today and tomorrow, and then I get to start putting in my cabinets. So uh, things are going pretty good on my end.
1: It's it's exciting times. Uh, I will say the fact that you're trying to do it in the middle of the football season, Kind of sucks. I will say this we are rolling out the new in season format tonight. I would have loved for Jerry to have been here. Jerry's going to be here going forward. We're going to be doing the pre record for the Thursday at 5 p.m. release. We're going to start recording the show Wednesday night. That's Jerry's best available time and mine. We're going to do it on Wednesday nights, but we couldn't do it on this Wednesday night. I had some other commitments and some things to move around. So Dally's here. But we're going to be doing Stock Up, Stock Down, as well as some other fun segments. So I'm really super excited for this new format. I think it's unlike anything any other Dynasty podcast is doing. If they are, I don't know about them. And if I don't know about them, they clearly don't matter, at least not as much as us. Uh, Dally, real quick, I know you've not been able to do Rookie Rundown episodes right now because of your, your real job because of your newfound homeowner remodel, renovations, whatever the hell. And then you got to be a good significant other. And and then you got to get ready for this trip. But uh, what have you been doing with college football? You're going to break down a prospect for us later in the show, but what have you seen so far? Don't give any spoilers away, but what's been going on with uh, you watching college football and prepping us? Because I don't want to build Dally up too much, but you know who was on Puka Nakua way before it was cool? Search at Salad Galore or go listen to older episodes of the Rookie Rundown. Dallas was on Puka Nakua before it was cool, like way back in the spring. You know who else Dallas was on? Michael Wilson, so many more. He was one of the guys who was very influential in me having so much Roshan Johnson. Do you hear this? It's success on success on success so Dally, I don't want to build you up too much and then put all this pressure on you to deliver the next Puka Nakua or, or the next, you know, Roshan Johnson. But what has your, what little free time you have, what little uh, have you actually seen of college guys? You excited for this 24 class?
0: Yeah, uh, this happens every year right around this time. The first, I would say four to five weeks of the season for people who pay a lot of attention to college football turns into a, Uh, Man, you know, I had him on that blacklist uh, way, way, way down there. And I'm not shocked that I'm seeing him pop off right now, but I was not fully prepared to be diving into his tape this season. So this should be fun. That seems to be what happens every year with me. And uh, with this rookie class that we're looking forward to in the 2024 rookie class, um, there's a lot of running back depth that I'm finding again right now. And then this quarterback position is going to be a cluster to try and pick through. Um, The ratio never changes when it comes to how many hit and how many fail each year. It's pretty much the same. So we're going to see a lot of people surprise at the quarterback position in next year's class and a lot that uh, don't do what we're expecting. So it should be interesting, but you kind of mentioned it as well. Um, I'll be featuring on the show tonight live, but each week I will be hopping on to talk a little segment called The Prospect Premonition. Uh, That's what I have uh, titled it with the fall in mind, Halloween and all the spookiness nature. But I look into my crystal ball and I uh, give you a name lower down on that tier list, not the Bijons of last year, not the studs like Marvin Harrison Jr. coming up in this year's class, but the guys that are kind of slipping through the cracks that no one's even talking about really right now after a couple of good weeks in the college football season. So I'll be doing that all year, and then we'll be following along to see how they are ranked come draft time. So make sure to tune into that.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited because it's going to really help me get a step ahead of being a step ahead as it relates to the 2024 draft. Now, we need to focus on what's in front of us, and that's helping you rebuild or helping you contend or helping you do that with trades or or whatever that is. But it's nice for Dally to stop by once a week, give us that five, that eight minute, that five to eight minute segment of goodness, just that little writer downer for us names to remember. Hey, that way when we start the rookie content in earnest in like February into March, you're kind of already familiar. And also when you're like watching ESPN and you're watching highlights and you hear a certain name that you didn't know, you're like, oh shit that's that Dallas guy mentioned this guy I better you know stop what I'm doing and watch this highlight for a second and get an idea that's the point of having Dallas do this it's super awesome I'm sure you'll get back to the rookie rundown here in about a couple of months and and, and, and no no uh, no pressure on on our end you're gonna be hitting us with rookie content here on the show uh, one of the one of the best new exciting segments we've had in a while but I will tell you about a podcast called the game plan you need to check that out. Um, fantastic show. You can find that right here on the Roto Underworld podcast and YouTube channel. Check that out each and every week. It's, it's can't miss. It's a tremendous show, but we talked about our friends at the game plan. We've talked about, I forgot to mention the juice. That's my gambling podcast live on Friday. So a little little bonus plug there. We, we, we've mentioned what's going on with new segments. We are going to hit you with a another old segment it's not old it's actually one of the originals it's good people bad tweets and we're going to do that right after a word from rival fantasy
2: hey we've got to talk about rival fantasy today rival fantasy they're a huge supporter of everything we do the podcast channel the youtube channel it's possible because of rival and they have an incredible new offer with promo code player promo code player you double your deposit up to $200, and you get $25 in bonus bucks. So it's $225 additional to play in NFL preseason. You can do their props on the fantasy book where it's over, under, over, under, over, under, up to five guys. The more over-unders you hit, the higher your payout. And they have their challenges for the community. You can say, hey, I think that Player X is going to go over this many fantasy points, and someone takes you up on it. They take the other side. It's great. I love their fantasy bingo, where you can do five across, you can do four in the corner, black it out, just predicting fantasy points on your favorite players, especially in preseason. The promo code is PLAYER, where they match your deposit up to $200, plus those $25 in bonus bucks. This offer is insane.
1: $25 in bonus bucks, rival fantasy, it's different but similar to a lot of other things that you've done if you're into player props and you're into DFS it's it's kind of got those kind of nuggets intertwined but it's worth checking out head over there if you do use the promo code underworld i think you'll dig it all right Dallas now uh, you you are a regular good person bad tweets um you've you've been down this road with me many times so we are going to hit one of these up tonight and One thing that I love about being a podcaster and I love being on YouTube is that there are no gatekeepers. For me, who loves fantasy football, for Dallas, who loves college football and fantasy football, there are no gatekeepers. I need a microphone. I need some lights. I need a computer. And I can create content. And if I I gel with you, the audience, and you support the work that we do, I can create content. And, and this is what what kind of pisses me off about this tweet, and it was meow, Mick meow, MC meow, Mick meow dynasty one one six, and he responded to a, a tweet from Dov Klyman, and he was like, "Update. This is from Dov, And the initial tweet: "Update. Mina Kimes signs massive new contract to stay at ESPN via Andrew Marchand." her contract will pay her a little more than $1.7 million per year per the report. I have no problem with that. Congratulations, Mina, man. I, I hope you enjoy the money. Hope it provides well for you and your family. Or You buy yourself some fucking new sneakers. I don't know. Be happy. But Mr. Meow, I'm assuming it's a Mr. Meow Dynasty said, incredible. She's living proof that women consistently fail upwards. She's legitimately one of the worst talking heads in sports. Now, Dallas, I'm going to give you a minute to uh, uh, wrap your head around this. And misogyny aside, it's like, how is she failing upwards? It's all about drawing an audience. She's not being paid because she's a woman. ESPN is laying off people, cutting contracts, reducing salaries. Stephen A. Smith is not a woman. He's failed upwards. Skip Bayless is arguably the worst sports talking head. Tony Kornheiser, Michael Wilbon, Susie Colbert, these people are all terrible. And if she's young and hip and, and draws an audience that you know is is in a similar age demographic, because that's what ESPN's missing, guys. That's what the, what's what they're missing. They got the old heads. They got the guys who grew up on ESPN again with Tony Kornheiser and all those names that I mentioned. They need this young person, and clearly they find her valuable. Just because you don't like Mina's content, meow, does not mean that someone else does not like, you know, like it. We don't need gatekeepers. If you want to say her con- content is bad, do that. But picking on her fail, quote unquote, failing upward, or her gender as the reason why she's she's living proof that she can fail upward, it's just a bad take. It's a bad fucking take. It's, t- it's a terrible take, Dallas. That's what I thought, I, I, and that's why I clipped this one. I was like, holy shit, this is terrible.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really need to lean into this any more than what you already did. I completely agree. I just, anytime someone has a strongly opinionated take on another person's, I don't know, abilities without knowing them, uh, is one thing already kind of a bad thing, but also if, you don't have your own face associated with whatever take you're doing. I kind of don't listen to it online. That's just kind of how I am. He's got a, uh, an avatar of Garfield in a meme as his images on Twitter. And so it's like, put a face to your takes is what I always say. Like, if I want to say outrageous stuff on Twitter, you'll see me smiling in my cover photo and on my profile photo. And so, you know exactly who's saying it, especially if you're going to be misogynistic. So that that's just kind of, where I'm at with
1: it. Yeah, I I I I didn't get it. I I, I thought it was a in poor taste and, and in poor form. And I even commented on it. I didn't let him know that he was making good people bad tweets, but uh you know you know who's always got our back on good people bad tweets? He's he's yet to disagree with me. It's it's Dana White. So Dana. You know how fucking stupid you have to be to even think something like that, let alone say it publicly and act like you're fucking serious. You know that's the, what, the reason why Dana takes out good people, bad tweets because you got to admit, Dallas, nobody does a better job of that than Dana White. So we're going to get right into the stock up, stock down. But Dallas, not only are you our friend over at the Dynasty Warzone Network, you know who else is our friend, Dallas? It's Dr. Kyle. Dr. Kyle. We we love Dr. Kyle. This is another new segment when we have major medical injuries in fantasy football, I'm going to get Kyle to drop us a nugget. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Kyle, Kyle is a board certified doctor of physical therapy in New York city. He has worked with plenty of professional athletes, including NFL players. I am not at liberty to name those names, even though he's, you know, he doesn't tell me like he's not breaking HIPAA laws. He's like, so-and-so came in the office today. I'm like, that's pretty cool. You know, I can say because he's posted this, he's worked with Matt Harvey. He used to pitch for the New York Mets there in New York City. But Kyle is a friend. And and a little side note, he was one of our original patrons. And Kyle plays big stakes dynasty fantasy football, guys. He plays $1,500 leagues, $3,500 leagues. He plays big. So not only is he a doctor, not only does he have the, the mindset of a dynasty gamer, he's worked with professional athletes. I think that's a valuable opinion and I'm gonna lean on my friendship and relationship with him. So we're gonna take a couple of minutes and share uh, share some time with Dr. Kyle. So here we go.
3: Hey, Warzone fam. Quick update on uh, maybe a couple of two-tree, two-tree thoughts on uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, very unfortunate, I believe confirmed MRI today. Achilles tendon rupture on his left ankle. I know last night it was a little bit uh, blurry or inconclusive from the communication we were getting from the, the, the reporters and maybe uh, what else was on TV last night. Uh, a little bit of a standard protocol there actually where the first thing they wanna do is rule out fracture. Fracture is most important to, to rule in potentially or out right out of the gate. That's what they do first. So. No surprise to any of the PTs on Twitter out there that x-rays were negative. That's something you should just keep in your back pocket. If if it's soft tissue, whether it's Achilles, uh, medial lateral ankle sprain, high ankle sprain, Frank, you're going to have a a negative x-ray. So that's not very informative from a fantasy football standpoint so much as uh, how we do business in in healthcare. Um, The other interesting thing was I, I would say it wasn't like your typical uh macro mechanism of injury per se uh you know what's interesting is that jk dobbins was was similar uh but i think most uh general population or lay people when they're watching football they're used to seeing an achilles rupture with nobody else involved open field usually there's some sort of change of direction or or step back component that really eccentrically loads that achilles tendon quickly eccentrically meaning the tendon and and muscle is lengthening, getting longer as uh, the contraction happens. Uh, Yes, this is a very big part of change of direction, acceleration, deceleration in pro sports or explosive sports, especially football. Um, But while it didn't look like that from a macro standpoint yesterday, looking at how the Achilles ruptured on Rodgers does fit that bill. That's why I think a lot of the PTs were uh, unfortunately and sadly for Rogers very confident in their differential diagnosis that it was likely an Achilles rupture and then when you slow down the video you can see like the little bit of quiver in uh, the the calf gastrocnemius uh, muscle belly Um, so what was uh, so not not your typical mechanism from a a macro standpoint but from the 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 micro standpoint or what's going on at the Achilles there is a big overload of that tendon as you see, Aaron Rodgers' forefoot is in the ground, and his heel is slightly off the ground. As one of those big guys is going down with him, um, you know it was also possible prior to what we knew today that maybe it was at List Frank as well. But you know it never looked like a, an ankle sprain. There was never any you know medial medial or lateral deviation of that ankle. Um, so yes, we got a confirmed Achilles rupture for Rodgers. Zach Wilson took over, and the Jets, Jets, won. Go figure. Uh, I do think Robert Sala has the the Bills and Josh Allen's number. If you look at how the Bills fared against the Jets last year, this uh, this game was going to be close. Um, what this means for Aaron Rodgers potentially, you know, if he has surgery within a week of today, uh, you know. I I'd like to think that he's already somewhere in New York City talking to Dr. Josh Dines or Dr. Martin O'Malley. Those are, you know, two of the best that I know that do Achilles repairs, and he's got access to them. Um, perhaps there's other people in New Jersey that the Jets like, but to me, O'Malley uh, or Dynes, those are those are the two guys that I would expect to get their hands on something like this. We'll say, um, giant, giant, giant range of outcomes. I think with this one, you know, Rogers is pushing 40 happens at the beginning of the season you know four months from now we're looking at january week 17 18. i mean i have a guy right now this is an outlier of a human being but outliers stay outliers and i think aaron Rodgers is an outlier in some regard from a football skill perspective as well um the guy i work with is he is 10 weeks out from an achilles repair that dr dynes did Uh, mutant of a human being, ex-Navy SEAL, 40 years old, and he's currently back squatting 415 pounds with no heel elevation, meaning he's got good uh, Achilles tendon integrity for slow controlled load. Uh, And he also sent me a video today, farmers walking uh, 135 pounds in each hand with barbells. Um, I, I think he's getting ready for the, the Denny Stone walk at some point in his future, which I'm going to Scotland with him. Anyway, uh, this is 10 weeks out, and that's what he's doing. I could see a world where if the Jets make the playoffs and Aaron Rodgers does everything right, this is a non-zero chance, but that doesn't make it like a 30% chance. This is a non-zero chance, uh, given that it's Rodgers' left foot, left, left Achilles, which requires, I think, less push off. You know that, that right leg is really driving the ball downfield. It's also the back foot in you know navigating the pocket. Mostly, as you can see last night, if he's got to navigate the pocket in uh, an unpredictable way, something unpredictable might happen. Uh, so it wouldn't be the smartest idea without you know full clearance from all medical staff. But I could see a non-zero outcome where Rodgers is potentially involved in a Jets playoff run. Very, 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 very low. Don't bet on it, but I'm just saying it's possible. What I think is also possible at the complete other end of the spectrum is this is just a complete blow to Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, intrinsically, and he hangs it up. Realistically, you know, he should be fine for week one next year, but that's not what the Jets brought him in for. So, you know, uh, from from a dynasty perspective, yeah, you're gonna throw some fab at Zach Wilson this week, if he's available, I'm in FFPC leagues where we got short rosters, so he probably is. But I'm also probably just going to throw like like chunks of dollars at you know the Carson Wentz's, the Matt Ryan's, uh, Tom Brady maybe. Uh, like that that one I think is ne- is near impossible. Um, and then if you got Aaron Rodgers, you're throwing him on the IR and holding. I don't think you're buying them. I don't think you're selling them. I think we're all just stuck in like. Aaron Rodgers fantasy football purgatory right now, waiting to see. Um, but that's, that's my gist on Rodgers. And let me know if you have any thoughts or questions.
1: There you go. How about, how about check out the big brain on Dr. Kyle, all those fancy words, all, all of those things. Uh What I heard is that he's going to Scotland. You're going to Italy. Apparently I'm not traveling enough is, is, is the notes that I took away, but I, I believe I agree Dallas. I believe that you just hold Aaron Rodgers, you know, just, Put him on your IR. No one's going to give you anything for a 40-year-old quarterback. Now, if you're a contender in a super flex league and you could maybe get him for like a third or a fourth, why not? Because if he comes back and does anything at all or he's just depth for next year, because injuries don't stop because Aaron Rodgers got one. So um, outside of that, maybe I'd buy for a third or a fourth, but I'm really not doing much beyond that. What about you, Dally?
0: Yeah, I mean – there's two sides of this for me being a bears fan one good riddance is what my heart wants me to say but from an actual fantasy football standpoint um yeah i i had the very terrible misfortune of having actually two rosters that i had aaron Rodgers and jk dobbins on um so this this achilles weekend was brutal for me um You have to hold him. He was always going to be a sunk cost asset when it came to being a contender. The only reason you would have him on your team right now is if you're a contender, most likely. So if you want to move off of him and try and get some kind of reprieve with the hope that he retires at the end of the season to another contender, go for it. But if not, he's going to die on your team. Um, He's going to be like Julio Jones was for me on my teams. Just Push him off into the sunset when he's ready to go, but until he's gone, he's gonna keep getting me sixteen points. So that's just the mindset I have on Rod. Yeah,
1: it's time for like the Dynasty Viking funeral for old A Rod. But like I said, if I can get him dirt cheap and just put him on my IR as a contender, I'll look back a year from now and be like, eh, you know, maybe he could be my bi week fill in guy because you know quarterbacks in the superflex are always gonna have value, and there are gonna be a lot of people who might just assume negatively. So that's gonna be a, a regular snippet a little bit longer with the Aaron Rodgers one because, well, he's Aaron Rodgers and it's the,
4: the goddamn Jets.
1: It's the goddamn Jets. So what the Jets do, they can't have nice things. But speaking of nice things, let's roll into a nice new segment where we're going to go game by game and, and we're going to do a dynasty stock up, stock down. Now I'll start first. Uh, Dally is the guest, but uh, I'm taking honors because it's my podcast and uh, my podcast. So anyway. Uh, the, we're gonna the first game of the of the season, Detroit at Kansas City. For me, the stock up, Sam Laporta. Pretty, pretty simple stuff. Uh, I like the fact that he seems to be the number two, number three option in the offense, along with, obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown. Dude, that guy's so good. And, and, and Jameer Gibbs. If he can be the third option on a team that's going to throw as much as Detroit is, I was not overly impressed with Josh Reynolds. I know he had four for 80. I was definitely not impressed with Marvin Jones. I think it's more than likely that Jamison Williams is never a thing, but there's still a chance that he could be a thing. I mean, the guys literally played one and a half games in the NFL. We really don't know. Andy's a full year removed from the ACL. So for me, one game in, dynasty, especially tight end premium, stock up, Sam Laporta. Mr. Dallas, what was your stock up, stock down from this game?
0: Yeah, no, I'm kind of with you on Laporta on that one. I think my biggest stock down in – it's not one that I like saying just because he's been a guy that's been on a lot of the back ends of my deeper fantasy leagues for the last like, I don't know, six or seven years. Um, I, I think we've officially seen the last of Marvin Jones Jr. He came back home um, to Detroit really to be on this team and to really just kind of hopefully take over that wide receiver two role um, on this team until Jameson Williams came back. Uh, I I just don't think that's the case. There's so many other options and so many mouths to feed the arbitrary statement. That's why I'm low on Jamison Williams coming back when he does as well. But I think I'm just officially ready to not add Marvin Jones back onto my roster when he has that one fluky 10 point game in the next two weeks because he looked dead. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, it's not exciting one. It's not a sexy one, but there's a point every year where we start looking at the Marvin Jones the Laquan treadwills towards the back end of the season. And I just don't think that's the case anymore for Jones.
1: Well, I I couldn't agree more. Um, never been a huge Marvin Jones guy, but you know, he's had his moments here and there. He's like that flex fill in type guy. All right, let's go 1 p.m. Let's go 1 p.m. around the horn. Uh, Next game, Arizona went to Washington, almost ruined my survivor pool. You know, I love survivor, and I almost got sniped by the evil Arizona Cardinals. A little side note, teams don't tank. Front offices may want to tank. GMs and owners may want to tank. Coaches, players, the water boy, they don't want to tank. They want to win. Arizona very feisty. But for me, stock down is going to be Antonio Gibson. His lack of involvement just was bad. And he's going to be a guy that in about a month, I'm going to be recommending that you buy because his value will be next to nothing. He's going to be a pending free agent this upcoming season. I clearly don't see him being franchise tagged or returning to a place that's held him down. There's a lot of good potential landing spots next year. Washington's not one of them, but I got to go stock down on Antonio Gibson. What about you? Who, who is your guy from this game?
0: Yeah, I mean, not not a super exciting game, not a crazy one, really, that was going on um, for me. I mean, I'm stocked down on pretty much this entire Cardinals team outside of James Conner and Zach Ertz. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll single in on Marquise Brown. Um, not that you were super high on him coming into the season anyways. A lot of question marks about the quarterback position. But, I mean, we we saw Josh Dobbs literally attempt to throw the ball 30 times and only got 132 yards out of it, zero touchdowns, was sacked like 10 times and fumbled twice. Like he, That offense is going to be terrible. James Conner will fall into the end zone a couple of times this season. But other than that, it's going to be a lot of – just forty-yard performances from pretty much everyone else on the team, so it's playing touchdown roulette. That's where I'm at with the Cardinals, right?
1: Huh. Well, you're, you're probably not too far off. Let's move on to the next game. Keep this uh, this train rolling. We got 14 more of these things to do, and we we got a couple other segments. We gotta we gotta run in there with uh, with yourself. But I, I want to go to uh, Houston. Went to Baltimore, and, and for me, it's stock up on Damian Pierce. I was very anti-Damian Pierce. I was a little concerned with this being a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator. Hey, we brought in Devin Singletary. I, and you can make Devin Singletary a stock down. He's, he's clearly – he's not even startable even in, in the deepest of leagues. He's just a guy. And Damian Pierce looked really good. Um, it's a low-volume offense, so you're, you're – and I see you're shaking your head. He didn't look great, but, but for what we do from a dynasty fan standpoint, he looked fine. Uh, no threats to him in that backfield. So for that reason, for what we do, I see you shaking your head, Dallas. I want to say he's a stock up.
0: Yeah, not going to agree with this one, just particularly. Um, it is one week, but I had efficiency concerns with Damian Pierce over the last six to seven games of last year. I thought it was one of the few cases when it comes to rookie running backs that are perennially known to be better towards the back end of their rookie seasons, that he was one of the few running backs I've seen that looked worse down the tail, as opposed to at the beginning. Um, efficiency metrics went out the window last season towards the back half. And then he still rushed the ball for 3.5 yards a clip and his longest run was seven yards. He, he, he just didn't look amazing to me. Um, not a lot of great optimism is what I would say from this, the stock up that I do have it's it's really going to be on a guy that is, I guess, what, a post-hype sleeper now, two years in a row, and Nico Collins led the team in targets, with 11 targets. Um, a lot of people are off on him just because Robert Woods saw somewhere around the same amount of targets as him, but when it comes to this passing volume, we saw it in the preseason. C.J. Stroud pretty much just has eyes for Nico Collins and no one else on most plays. And so a lot of bad throws are going to go his way. He's not going to have some crazy catch-to-pass ratio that you'll see with a lot of number one wide receivers, but he's a guy that I was drafting super late because back-end wide receiver five, wide receiver six, that's going to get wide receiver one target totals. Um, It's just a guy that you have to follow the targets. That's what we do with a lot of this position in general outside of the top 10 to 12 guys at the wide receiver position. And Nico is one of those guys that... Is probably free on your waiver wire right now that you should be sniffing around.
1: Nico is free. 99. Let's go to Cincinnati. They went to Cleveland and, and what for a lot of people, including T. Higgins GMs, they got T-bagged, is what they got. They 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 got 0.0. 0. He was always stocked down for me. I, I never understood why. People and, and This includes people we work with, guys. We work with the player profiler group. They've had him as a borderline wide receiver one in a dynasty startup. I've never got that. I've, I've never got how we can consider him in that class of guys that are wide receiver ones, not only in fantasy and dynasty, but on their own team. Remember, I I, I stole this term or created this term greatness adjacent. Being next to the greatness of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase does not make T. Higgins great. It just makes him the guy next to the guy who's also next to the guy. So for me, his stock was down. I'm looking, and, and here's the thing how, how can a guy be like, you know, wide receiver 10 to 12 check rankings near you when his best career finish with Joe Burrow, by the way, has always been like no better than wide receiver 17, 18 on a season? Are you just projecting him to that? I don't get it. So the minute you can get out on him, if I can move him for a DK Metcalf or someone like that, those are the guys that, that I'm looking to get out of. I am stocked down
0: on T. Higgins in a big way for Dynasty. What about you there, Dally? Yeah, mine's on the other side of the ball. Uh, mine's on the Cleveland Browns. And I know a lot of us at the end of this offseason basically got to the point with Nick Chubb where it's like, well, I mean, he's probably going to get more carries this year than he did last year. For the first time in his career, there's no one in this backfield that is going to be competing with him for touches. And based off of production from touches, I would agree with that statement still. But we should have known with this Browns team that they will not give Nick Chubb 20-plus carries consistently. (laughs) They just will not do it. And Jerome Ford out of the gate as a rookie running a sub 2.5 yards per carry was given 15 carries on the day. And you just see that and you're like, oh, my Lanta, what is happening? Why are we still doing this? So it it has to be a stock up on Jerome Ford for me. It, and it's just due to the fact where if, I know he did bad. But if they're they were willing to give him 15 touches, granted, in a running game script type of game where you're leading as they were it's going to happen repeatedly this year. Even if Deshaun Watson isn't slinging the ball, they could still run the ball well. Their offensive line, although it did take a hit with Jack Conklin's out, I want the RB2 in this Cleveland Browns offense, as has been the case in previous years, and he's the cheapest that it's been in a while. So it's stock up for me on drill.
1: Yeah, I got to give the Podfather credit. When he and I had our very first interaction together, we were talking about, hey, Kareem Hunt's gone. Someone's got to benefit from the absence of Kareem Hunt. I was kind of hoping it was going to be Demetric Felton because he's a pretty pretty good pass catcher. He's not even on the goddamn team. So tip of the cap to Dallas and tip of the cap to the podfather for uh, the shout-out on Jerome Ford. So we're going to do uh, Jacksonville come to Indianapolis, to the area in which I live. Uh, the score was not indicative of the way the game was played. I was pretty impressed with both uh, Anthony Richardson, but my stock up guy is Michael Pittman. There's been this nervousness around the the Colts all year that, hey, um, the running quarterback, and it's going to be bad for Michael Pittman. Guys, he saw 11 targets. Caught, I believe eight of them scored a touchdown. He's, a, he's in the top 10 in wide receivers. It's week one. Let's not overreact. But this is the stock up moment. If you can move T. Higgins and you can get Michael Pittman plus, go do that. Go move T. Higgins and his greatness adjacent ass and like a second and go get Michael Pittman in a first. We're going to talk about Michael Pittman here in just a second, but that's my stock up guy, Michael Pittman. What are your thoughts on this game, Dally? Because I I almost said Travis Etienne, my pride. My pride will not let me do it, but maybe you'll do it.
0: Yeah, this may be an overreaction for week one. Uh, is what I would say with this statement right now. But my stock down right now is Christian Kirk. Um, This is a situation where he looked like a wide receiver one last year and with how many times they were tossing the ball around, 32 on the day for Trevor Lawrence, he only saw three targets. And that's a little bit concerning with me because he wasn't getting the wide receiver one coverage, he wasn't getting the deep coverage, and he wasn't getting the best coverage linebacker because that would have been... Evan Ingram. So he was getting realistically the fourth best DB during the game on him on a regular basis. And as a burner and a true separator, they're supposed to be supposed to be getting those passes. Why was Lawrence not looking his way? Couldn't tell you a little bit concerned. Again, I said a little bit of an overreaction, but I am on board with you with Pittman. Um, That is a move that would be nice to do, um, at least for this year, while there's still no uh, massive target competition in Indianapolis. But at the same time, There's a glass floor with Richardson passing. So do with that as you.
1: All right. Well, we're going to roll into another segment. Again, we're going to take a break from the stock up, stock down, give you a chance to collect yourself because we just talked about Michael Pittman and the trade comes from our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone. And this one comes from Mike C and Mike C wants to know, do I move Michael Pittman for a mid mid, 2024 first and third. And what I love about our patrons is they give me context when they want help with their trades. He's like, I've got Iuke, I've got Chase, I've got Devonta Smith, and I've got Stefan Diggs. I can still contend. And I was like, in this case, in this particular case, I'm totally cool moving Pittman with the first and the third, because I had a great conversation the other day with Rich Dotson from the nerds. And we were talking about 2024 first and super flex tight end premium, you know, with all these quarterbacks. And it's always, we've always talked about Ewers and May and Williams, but now we see Shador Sanders. We see Michael Penix Jr. We got Bowers, the tight end and tight end premium from Georgia. You got both the wide receivers from Ohio state guys. I'm at 108 in a, a super flex tight end premium rookie draft. And I've not even mentioned the first running back in the class. So in this case, I'm totally fine because he has the depth, even though I'm stock up. Getting a mid first and a superflex tight end premium and a third for Michael Pittman is a nice cash out when you're that rich. Dallas, do you agree or disagree?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's an easy take for me. I mean, just looking at the class this early on, I can tell you I would want the 106 or 108 over Pittman alone. So if you're giving me a first and a third for him, I'm all aboard, especially because if I'm making that move, I don't need Pittman this year or I am not contending, basically. And the odds of the Colts staying status quo without bringing in a better wide receiver for Anthony Richardson, who's going to be hopefully their future franchise quarterback next year, um, is slim to none. So, yeah, agree.
1: Yeah, and, and, and Mike plays in the, in the Lord's roster setting format. That's super flex, tight end, premium, start 10. But he starts one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, one flex. And I'm sorry, one super flex and then five flexes that can be a running back, wide receiver, or tight end. That's the preferred method. That's how I like it and that's the kind of league he's in, so that because he has all those other parts and pieces, sure he could play Michael Pittman, but banking up some extra draft capital, traditionally not the best uh, to move uh, a a guy like Pittman, but in this case, this particular case, I don't mind it. So uh, on the way out.
2: Hey traders, now there are days in our trading career when we as traders trade poorly and end up losing. So on those days, we look for inspiration.
1: Me and Dallas, when Jerry's here, me and Jerry, we are that inspiration. We're here to help you. But how do you get on there? It's patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. We help you with your trades. We have Dynasty Leagues. We have Dallas is in the group chat. Dr. Kyle's in the group chat. Jesse, you know Chad, Austin, all the people that do content with us, they're in the group chat. We're helping each other all day long. And you can get one-on-one advice from me, a bonus podcast or two every week. There's a lot for five bucks. Check it out. Dynasty Warzone, excuse me, patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone. Now uh now back to the uh the stock up, stock down. The next game, Carolina at Atlanta, to me, pretty simple, stock down Kyle Pitts. I mean, old boy threw Desmond Ritter threw 18 passes, completed 15 for 118 yards. This is how Arthur Arthur Smith wants to play football. Whether you what Rick Flair say? Whether you like it or whether you don't, learn to live with it because it's the best thing going today. I'm going to modify that a little bit. Whether you like it or whether you don't, this is how Arthur Smith coaches football, so you need to learn to live with it or trade him. And I'm getting out of the Kyle Pitts business. I'm looking for the first game, any game. Get me TJ Hawkinson. Get me Sam Laporta and get me all the plus. Get me all the plus that this guy's name value, his name cachet carries. I'm getting out of the Kyle Pitts business. That's my stock down. I could have went bonus. Maybe Dallas has my bonus.
0: Yeah, I, I mean bonus is most likely my main one. It's Drake London. I'm I'm just out on this passing game in general right now. Um it's it didn't look great. And you're gonna get up against Carolina's secondary that was dealing with injuries and uh some bad play. So very interesting. Um, you want to go with the the biggest stock up for me, honestly, in this entire matchup is probably Jesse Bates. That dude is so good. He's transform, transform. Eh, talk transformative for that Falcons secondary. He looked so good for them. It's the first time I've said that about a Falcons defender since like rookie Deion Jones.
1: IDP bonus with Dallas. You you love to see it. All right, let's let's move on to our next game that would be Tampa Bay upsetting Minnesota at Minnesota for me it's stock up Jordan Addison I mean Justin Jefferson continues to do Justin Jefferson things he's he's phenomenal I did not like his body language at the end of the game I mean clearly he wants the bag he's going to get the bag that's not the thing but there's more than enough to go around in this offense Kirk Cousins had almost 300 yards passing in the first half alone Now, he only had about 40-some-odd in the second half. I'd like to see a little balance, especially if you're a Minnesota fan. But you have to like what you have to see because he's going to score in and around that T. Baggins, T. Higgins range, and he's not going to cost you as much. Another guy I would look to move T. Higgins for, Jordan Addison, big stock up for me, Dallas. What about you in this game?
0: Yeah, for me, it's a guy that if I see one more person hyping this guy up without proof of actual putting on paper of production i'm gonna be upset and it's rashad white the efficiency is horrible i warned everyone about this last year he was le- less efficient than touchdown lombardi lemmy and it continued again like 17 touches barely eclipsed 30 yards he he's just not good with this offensive line And his ADP at the beginning of this offseason and even into, uh, not rookie drafts, but drafts for redraft this year just did not make sense compared to those that were around him. I'm just, you could have gotten Javante Williams after Rashad White in drafts, in redraft this year, which is baffling. So I just can't do it anymore. (laughs) I'm way stocked down on Rashad.
1: Well, uh, I, I think there's going to be a bounce back. I I think that was what the, the, the defensive coordinator in Minnesota, um, Flores, Brian Flores was trying to take away, uh, only two, only two catches for Rashad White. I think that goes up, but you're right. Overall, it it has to be stocked down right now. Let's go to, we got a couple more here in the one o'clock window. Let's go Pittsburgh. They were hosting San Francisco, um, I'm not even going to give you a stock up. I'm going to give you an I told you so. Brandon IU. Now, as much as I – because I always give attribution. It, it makes me feel really good to help remind you how great the fantasy community is. So, like when Dallas you know, hits on guys like Puka, Puka Nakua and these rookies, I'm going to remind you. But this was all me. I was on Brandon – You know, go to playerprofiler.com. Look at all the videos from when we first started back in May. This has been my guy all year. He validated it in a big way. Uh, even on top of Debo doing okay, even on top of Kittle getting a few catches with a groin and and even with CMC going off, Brandon Iuke smashed. He's the wide receiver one on this team. He is stock up. And I think you're too late. Had you listened back in May, you would have more Brandon Iuke, but if you did congratulations, if you didn't shame on you, Dallas, what were your takeaways from this game?
0: Yeah, this one might be a little bit surprising. It's a name that's not really getting talked about much, but uh, it's the guy that led the Steelers in targets last week, and that's Allen Robinson. Um, With the injury to Deontay Johnson to the hamstring, Allen Robinson is now the wide receiver two on this team. There's no one really that does what he does because he's going to command the slot now, and I'm interested to, of course, see what happens with a guy like Calvin Austin hopping in now, but... Allen Robinson led the team eight targets, was the most productive wide receiver on the team, and was the security blanket late, not when they were trying to hold on or when they needed something, but when they were trying to get back in the game, that's when Pickett was targeting Allen Robinson. So it's just a name that is probably very cheap acquisition-wise for you right now, and if you're a contender, I would not be afraid to go sniffing around at the
1: yeah, that, that's a really good take because normally you don't handcuff wide receivers, but if you got Deontay Johnson, it's worth going to see what, you know, Allen Robinson's going for. Those short to intermediate targets with, you know, Calvin Austin and his speed stretching the field. Obviously, we know what, you know, George Pickens does. He's the big catch and fall guy. But if you're looking for that short, you know, volume monster, it very well could be. It very well could be Allen Robinson. And for a contender, getting him super cheap as like bench depth or like a bit of a bye week filling guy. That's a super sharp call, Dallas. That's the call of the pod so far. By the way, that's my opinion. Last one o'clock game, let's go. Tennessee Titans went down to New Orleans. That's how you're supposed to say it. New Orleans, not New Orleans. But when they went to New Orleans and, and it was, you know, for me it stocked down on Derrick Henry. He was out snapped by Tajay Spears um Tajay Spears now he didn't turn those snaps into a bunch of fantasy points but I think you're going to see a lot of Najee Spears in this offseason I do want to throw a big smile on my guy uh, Rashid Shahid another guy that I was pushing all offseason in Dallas was pushing a year ago um short fast he kind of has like that Steve Smith vibe so there's a bonus in this game because I'm concerned about Derrick Henry 29 year old running back with his mileage we should be, but a little uh, bonus plug for Shahid. What were your takeaways from this game?
0: Yeah, I mean, my, my stock up is Derek Carr right now. I mean, they, if everyone stays healthy in this offense and they get Alvin Kamara back, Derek Carr is going to be getting you a lot of fantasy points down the tail end of the season. Um, he, he looked good. The game wasn't Amazing. For him, from a statistical standpoint, but just the fact that all of these weapons are around him right now is the best situation we've seen him in in his career. So it's stock up for me on Derek.
1: Yeah, and and, and I know people are down, but a it was the first full game where they all played together the entire time. Michael Thomas is still healthy. Chris Olave looked great. Um, there's enough weapons to go around. My only my only concern in New Orleans. Not for Derek Carr because he has the weapons, is is there is a, a plethora of of guys to to uh to throw the ball to. So it could be some volume issues at times. Obviously, you love Olave. I want all the cheap Rashid Shaheed, but that's that's a great call. Let's go to the first four o'clock game. Let's go to the New or excuse me, the, the New England Patriots hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. For me, stock up Mac Jones, baby. I mean, I know he threw the shitty, the dog water, the this, the absolute shitty pick six, but this is what happens when you work with a professional offensive coordinator, not a jack off with a laminated sheet of paper and a pencil behind his ear. He may be a Mensa member, but he wasn't translating it to the football field. That's a tough defense, arguably one of the top three defenses in the NFL with that front four and then the linebackers and then the secondary is really good. For him to come back from that and throw three passing touchdowns, I'm telling you, uh, it's stock up on on Mac Jones and don't sleep on Hunter Henry. I want it to be Mike Geseki. It's not going to be Mike Geseki. It's going to be Hunter Henry, and and, and he is going to do well for you this year. But Mac Jones, stock up, Dallas.
0: Yeah. I mean, you touched on my guy at the end. It's Hunter Henry. Um, it was a question of targets this year. We knew that he was going to be involved, but we didn't know how much with the addition of the off weapons that they brought in um, the switch to the running game and Hunter Henry's really, I'm going to be honest, probably the only piece in this offense that I feel comfortable consistently starting. Probably um, there's a lot of question marks still with Ramondre and Zeke. Um, Zeke's passing involvement was nuts this first week. Um, so, I I think he's the only piece that I really want outside of Mac Jones and we felt like that last year but I needed to see it on the field to double down and that's kind of where I'm at right now
1: all right we're going to go one more game we're going to go five six and then we're going to go for a little pause and then we're going to go um, back to the final five but Miami at the LA Chargers uh, for me, I got to be honest, guys, I, I, I I'll i take my victory laps and I'll pat myself on the back. But remember, a pat on the back is 18 inches away from a kick in the ass. And I might have missed the boat on Tua and Mike McDaniel and this offense. I would have liked to have thought a defensive minded head coach in Brandon Staley might have doubled Tyreek Hill a time or two. But didn't. That's a different conversation for a different day. You know, Tua can can clearly sling it. I don't think he's ever gonna be a, to me. I, I've always said this about him, and I will continue to, but I like Jared Goff. So how can I call Tua Polynesian Jared Goff, who I like, and not like Tua? The only concern with Tua, obviously, is the injury issue. You know that going into the deal. So this is completely stock up on Tua. And I've uh, I've I've not given him enough respect and I've not given enough respect to this offense stock up to a tongue goodbye.
0: Yeah, my stock up is Josh Kelly in the backfield for the Chargers. Um, He's a guy that really just needs to kind of stay healthy. We've liked what we've seen on the field, but he just has not been able to take the reins because he seems to always get nicked up, kind of like those uh, San Francisco running backs do. Um, But tied Austin Eckler in terms of carries at 16 a pop this last week, looked good with the ball in his hand. And if they are planning on giving Eckler this size workload that he had today every week, I would expect an injury to pop up at some point. So he's he's a guy that's questionable.
1: He's he's already questionable. He's questionable with an ankle. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's week fucking one.
0: Yeah, and so I want me some Josh Kelly this year because um, none of the other running backs other than Kelly and Austin Eckler touched the ball this weekend. So uh, give me some.
1: Well, there you go. Uh, we got Joshua Kelly. We've got Tua Tunga-Vailoa, and we've got the man himself. Now, normally we saw the video clip earlier in the podcast, or for you audio listeners, the audio clip of Dr. Kyle. Um, again, Dr. Kyle's going to swing by when there's a medical emergency that we need to know from a dynasty standpoint. But we want to remember, we want to keep you super familiar with this rookie, upcoming rookie class. Not only this current rookie class, but the upcoming rookie class. So Dallas is going to give you, I'm not going to say an obscure name like the third wide receiver on Appalachian State, but he's going to give you a name that maybe you haven't heard yet He's going to give you a couple of minutes on a guide, Dallas. Who, now, normally this would be video recorded, but you were kind enough to, to, to be here tonight helping me out with the, with the main show. So let's go live. We'll save the one you've already got in the can. That's a radio term, not up his ass. But in the can, it's, it's, it's saved for the future, and, and we're, we're going to do a different one. And Dallas is so excited he forgot to unhit the unmute button.
0: I did. Now I'm back. Uh, So I'm here live, as Memphis had said, and this is a fun little new addition to the show that you will be getting each week. It is called the Prospect Premonition. And the Prospect Premonition is where each week I'm going to look into my crystal ball. It is metaphorical for now, but I should really get some kind of ball to hold. Um, cause I'm going to be on video doing this. So, uh, look inside my crystal ball and I give you the details of a college football under the radar prospect that is destined to be a part of your dynasty teams for years to come. I'm going to give you the nitty gritty details of these guys, but they're not going to be the, as I said, Bijan John Robinson's the Marvin Harrison juniors. They're going to be guys that at this time of the year, as I'm talking about them, they're still kind of under the radar. Um, Last week, I talked about a wide receiver that is near and dear to my heart that I personally have as wide receiver two in the class right now that a lot of people tell me I'm out of my mind having him as Uh, you'll have to stay tuned to a future episode for that one. But this week, I'm going to touch base on a running back, and this is a running back on a very prominent offense from last year, a very interesting scheme. That this team runs that often does not lean itself towards success for the running back position. But we are seeing this year a guy step out of the shadow of this dual back system at the University of Tennessee. And it is none other than Jalen Wright, junior running back, University of Tennessee. He has been an absolute menace between the tackles this year for the balls. And he is a guy that until this point has not really been a, between the tackle grinder. Um, there were some questions over the last two years about two specific aspects of his game. That is his receiving work. And can he be more physical inside because his vision and his escapability and his contact balance, I swear if you have not gone and watched this man, Memphis, you need to, he does not go down on first contact, but it's not bully ball that he's playing. It is, at the last second, uh, I believe Matt Harmon calls it, uh, not Matt Harmon, uh, Matt Wallman calls it unilateral movement. At the last second, adjusting your body to where you deflect and bounce off of the defenders coming into you, he does that to a T, what you want a running back to do. And then this year, rather than stretch plays and sweep plays to the outside, he's doing it between the tackles, which is what they needed on this offense. The pace of play is pretty crazy, but at 5'10", 2'10", the physical inside run that he's adding to his game makes him a complete backfield. He transitioned into that road grader this offseason, and it's been great for the Tennessee offense, who has struggled in the pass game since losing Jalen Hylett and Hendon Hooker last year in that pass offense. And so he's using that vision and contact balance and averaging 9.3 yards per carry this year on... (laughs) I'm not kidding. 24 total touches. The man is averaging that and when you take away his two longest runs in each game of 21 and 31 yards respectively he's still at 8 yards per carry on the year he's not breaking off these absurd 45 50 yard runs that are skewing these samples every time he's touching the ball 9 yards 15 yards 20 yards 14 yards it's just consistent and i just saying how is this happening but you just can't take him down This all sounds great. I haven't even talked about his long speed yet. Okay. Memphis, this man in high school was clocked at 431. Now I know what you want to say. High school times questionable, right? You know what isn't questionable from a metric standpoint? When you're GPS tracked on the field, he was GPS tracked this off season at 23.6 miles per hour. That is faster than Tyreek Hill's fastest time on the field in 2022. He flies, and he flies at 210. The receiving is still a question mark, but as of right now, he has almost totaled his receiving total over the last two years In the first two games. He's at five right now. He had eight coming into the year. If that continues, and he continues to be as productive as he is, he's going to leave college with under 400 carries on his belt in a very similar vein to a guy like, can you give me a name that that sounds like, huh? Low thread on the tire, fast, quick little rocket. I'll give you a hint. He went to Alabama. Jameer Gibbs. Kenyon Drake.
1: Kenyon, okay, a okay. Of a Kenyon Drake.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ken,
1: yeah. There's a blast from the not Yeah. Too and so I see past. a lot of
0: that in his game. A lot of yeah, a lot of explosiveness. But I'm not kidding as well. I see a lot of Kareem Hunt when it comes to bouncing off people that is really hard to see. And he's a fun guy. Make sure to pay attention to this Tennessee backfield over the next couple of weeks and focus on Mr. Jalen Wright.
1: I, I love it. I, and, and that's what Dallas is going to bring. He's going to give you that three to five to eight minute window. We've got Jalen Wright. Is that, is that correct? Am I saying that right? Is it white or right?
0: No, it's right. Yeah. You had the Jalen brothers, Jalen Wright and Jalen Hyatt last year for Tennessee.
1: Okay. I just want to make sure. Right. W. R I G H T Jalen. Right. Like the Wright brothers. They Mm. invented flight for God's sakes. This guy can fly. I see how we're all tying this back together. Well, listen, we're going to get to the last five games real quick, but we're going to do it right after a word from the dynasty dominator.
2: Now I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your dynasty league and I have it. It's called the dynasty dominator app. You go to the app store, go to Google play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add Titan Premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup Tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set this is a win now team. This is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it.
1: Yeah, I like app-based anything. Anything that you can use an app and you don't have to go to a desktop feels like a win. Now, there's sometimes you just have to go to a desktop, but when you have an app like the Dynasty Dominator app, it can be very helpful. It can be a good resource for you. All right, Dally, we got five more, and uh, let's bring this one home. Uh, The Chicago Bears hosted the Green Bay Packers- uh, for me, I'm doing stock up on Jordan Love. Dallas is drinking out of a Bears cup, he is a Bears fan by way of Kansas City Chiefs territory. Uh, for me, it's Jordan Love, you know, three touchdowns without two of your three starting wide receivers. Uh, looked really good. I guess it was only without one, they were without Christian Watson. Uh, Dubes Romeo is always Dubes on this show. I know it's Dobbs, but it's Dubes here. Dubes had the touchdown catch, Jaden Reed. Uh, Musgrave was one of two tight ends to have more than 50 yards. I don't think they found the next, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, but when you have a guy on this cheap of a deal, you can have a really good team. Dally, I know you're a Bears fan. I wasn't going to stir you up by saying Justin Fields. Uh, I, I want to know what, what you took away because I don't think you can get any lower than the stock of Chase Claypool.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's. Abysmal. <laughs> uh, like it's it's not good for him. Uh, I actually had another name on the Chicago Bears for a stock down though, and that's Cole Komet. Um, Cole Komet for me, we just haven't seen it. Uh, and then in, in a game where he was given pretty much free reign, uh, where Claypool was not putting any, any effort, I don't know what Komet was doing. Uh, His blocking was terrible. He wasn't getting open when he was open. He wasn't catching the ball. It was very weird. Um, The Chicago offense is in shambles. I think it has a little bit more to do with the coaching right now and the offensive line than anything else. Um, But, I mean, that game probably would have been a lot closer as well if we didn't give them 100% completion on fourth down and 75% completion on third down all day. Um, Still a defensive question. Chicago is still owned by Green Bay. I have no delusions of grandeur about the team I'm very much a realist with them, um, but I will defend Justin Fields until the day I die at this point, until it is warranted uh, as why people are crucifying him compared to other people. And I've been clapping back on Twitter on a lot of people this week, uh, just spitting facts. (laughs) Hey,
1: hey, it's too early for a big Justin Fields rant or argument. You know, I posted this on Twitter the other day. You weren't right enough to take a victory lap in week one unless it was on Brandon Ayuk, and you weren't wrong enough to issue an apology, unless you were as wrong as I've been for now going into year two on Tua, that's worthy of an apology, so I'm not willing to, to write Justin Fields off, but every game becomes more and more paramount, because the Bears did not look good, their defense looked bad, Carolina looked like dog shit, and i will tell you he is currently 5 and 20 as an nfl starter forget what we do forget from a dynasty fantasy football standpoint forget what we do this was my bold prediction on the bold prediction show if he does not get his figurative shit together he will not be a bear next year he will be the next in the long line of sam darnolds and all of these guys that came into the league with so much promise who got traded away and maybe that'll be a good thing for his field for his future long term but do not be surprised if they cannot get it together if Justin Fields is not wearing And that very well may be good. I said this to Dallas. I think Dallas agrees. I don't want my rookie QBs going to defensive-minded head coaches uh, un- unless they're the ultra special. And that's not to say that Fields isn't special, but I'm talking Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning were special enough to overcome the dysfunction of Jim Ursay and the Colts organization. Trevor Lawrence seems capable and ultra-talented enough to overcome the dysfunction of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Justin Fields is talented, but is he talented enough to overcome a defensive-minded head coach in Matt Eberflus? I don't love Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator. No, Memphis has not changed his tune. I'm not sticking up for Justin Fields. I'm just merely saying how these things could happen. Uh, I'll do a separate Justin Fields video Let's go to LA. The Rams were going to Seattle. I think this one caught a lot of people off guard. And I'm going to take a player who didn't set the stat sheet on fire, but it's stock up on Kenneth Walker. He's clearly the dude. Now they got the brakes beat off of him, but he got 12 carries. The next closest was three. And that was Zach Charbonnet. Better times ahead. This is a little fun fact for you. Uh, Last year, Geno Smith played really well. Only I think he threw less than 10 interceptions. He threw five in the two games against the Rams. Some teams just have your numbers. See Bears, comma, Chicago. But sometimes people just have your number, and I think that's what it is. I think there's a lot of ramp and a lot of uh, good opportunity to get Kenneth Walker. What about you from Seattle and the Rams? Is it Puka Nakua? If I think with you, it's got to be Puka Nakua.
0: I mean, yeah, stock up is definitely Nakua for me. Uh, I will double down on your Kenneth Walker. Um, that was one of the first takeaways I had this weekend. I posted in the Patreon group chat that you had mentioned to the beginning of the show. Um, I said very plainly that Charb isn't getting shite from Kenneth Walker unless Kenneth Walker goes down when it comes to touch totals. He is so good. He, like every time he touch the ball, he just looks significantly better than anyone else that's touching it. Um, so you agree with that, but yeah, it has to be Nakua. I was super high on Nakua, loved the overall body type. He's got a very, um, how do I say this without trying to fall down a rabbit hole? He reminds me of Eric Decker is the type of wide receiver that he reminds me of. And that may date myself now, which feels weird, but, um, he just reminds me of a younger Decker and with Matthew Stafford, who looked amazing, like the best quarterback, of all weekend basically um it's very promising uh i'm excited for his long-term value which is not where i thought i would be after week one uh obviously temper expectations but uh i'll check back in week four or five and let you know where
1: well i i i don't want to poo-poo my guy cooper cup because i i love cooper cup that was that's my biggest hit of all time at least one of he was way high on my board the first year we did content ever at the Dynasty Warzone. This was pre-Jerry. This was when Sheps and journeygan were here. I've always been Team Cooper Cup. But what if it's just this role in the Sean Payton offense? Now, I think you're going to get a nice opportunity because Cooper Cup's going to come back, and Cooper Cups with what they're paying him, he's clearly going to be in that role. But not if, but when the wheels fall off the wagon in L.A., and if it's before Halloween and they can get a chance to unload some some salary, don't be surprised if LA, because it was rumored in the offseason they were going to move Stafford. And, you know, they they had rumored that they might have moved Aaron Donald. If this thing gets sideways, they've only got three really good players anyway. I could see this team being a seller at the trade deadline to use a baseball term during the trade season. You know, there's buyers and sellers, the hot stove league. I could see LA selling. Let's go to Las Vegas. As a matter of fact, I'm going to Las Vegas next month. You know what? It's not Scotland or Italy, but it'll do. Um, Las Vegas went to Denver. You know, I got to say stock up Russell Wilson. It wasn't a great game, but first game altogether. Jerry Judy, clearly not 100%. Uh, Marvin Mims didn't break out all over the place. I will fill up a little, so there's slight stock up. Adam Troutman. If you go to player profiler and search Adam Troutman, his profile picture is Captain America. I, it it's hilarious, to be quite honest. But I I, mean, I think there's better days ahead for Russell Wilson. This is a divisional game. Divisional games can always be tough. Uh, but I like what I've seen. He's currently QB 13. And if I can get him for QB 18 to 24 prices, I, I'm cool with that. You need QB 2s to win Dynasty Leagues, especially in Superflex. So I was uh, somewhat up on Russell Wilson. What about you from this game?
0: Yeah, th- this one is... One that I feel like should be talked about a little bit more—it's the long-term viability as long as Devonte Adams is in Las Vegas of Jacoby Myers. We saw firsthand how much of that secondary coverage was pulled towards Devonte Adams. Um, unfortunately, Myers went down with a concussion, but it was after scoring two touchdowns, just wide open because he's just destroying CB twos and threes. That's never a luxury he was given during his time in new England and seeing it with a quarterback that is a rhythm thrower which is what he's always needed is very exciting to me so it's stock up for a guy like Jacoby Myers in Las Vegas um I guess in tandem also a stock down on Hunter Renfro unless another injury pop
1: yeah I actually started Hunter Renfro in a start 14 dynasty league he got me um the the same as uh You know, the guy that left Cooper Cup in his lineup, he got me a big fat donut. He got me a T. You know what? Fuck it. He scored the same as T. Higgins. Uh, The guy that I'm a little concerned with, I would have liked to have seen more in this game, was Michael Mayer. I'm hoping that he's not falling in that long line of big, slow, not super athletic tight ends from Notre Dame like the aforementioned Cole Komet. Before that, it was Kyle Rudolph. And in that mix somewhere, is Tyler Eifert. I know Tyler Eifert had that one monster season, but I'm hoping we're not falling down a Notre Dame tight end rabbit hole here. Uh, last two games, Giants hosted the Dallas Cowboys. Now take this for what I'm getting ready to say. slight, Slightly stocked down on CD Lamb. It's not because he's like not a wide receiver one. For me, it's this defense. This, this defense is next level, and they're going to mob people. And Dallas – to a different degree than Atlanta, does not care about your fantasy football team. Now, will CD want his? Sure he will because he wants to get paid, just like all wide receivers and NFL players want to get paid. But he was a guy who I thought was going to have so much volume this year that he could have also landed in that Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase class. My My fear is that Brandon Cooks is good enough to take some of the targets. Michael Gallup is another year removed from his ACL, looks okay. And I just don't know that because Dallas could be blowing people out and not, you know, not driving the ball. I, I just, I have a slight concern, slight, little, 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 little bit, bitty, bit about CD Lamb. Just a slight stock down, a little concerned. I thought he was going to jump into that next tier. He may stay in this tier that he's in, Dallas.
0: Yeah, uh, it's understandable. Um, I've got a season-long bet on him leading the league and receiving yards that I'm not feeling. Dude, great
1: I, about. I was I was with you. I was with yeah. you. I was with you. You know, up until I saw that defense, and you know, they're going to be beating the brakes out of the Giants again. They got to play the Commandos twice. They play the Jets. I mean, they play some teams. Now, luckily, they do play some offenses like Philly, like Miami. They're going to have to do some things. But I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah. My my stock up on that team, though, when it comes to passing is I have a feeling that coming into this offseason, a lot of people were trying to make this tight end situation in Dallas the exact same debate we had during the Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin days. And I would constantly be pounding the table saying Dalton Schultz is the better player. Please stop thinking that Jarwin is the better player. A lot of people were calling for shoemaker this year. Jake Ferguson is the tight end one led the team in targets. I think it's going to be pretty similar. It's basically him, Brandon cooks and CD lamb. So it, it's going to be very interesting going forward. He didn't have a great day, only caught two of his seven targets, but the dude can play. He's all around. He's constantly on the field, and I am definitely in on some Ferguson because he's probably free, if not extremely cheap, on most of your teams.
1: Yep. Last game, Monday Night Football. We're definitely down on Aaron Rodgers. Again, shout out to Dr. Kyle for jumping on and, and helping us out. I got to be honest. I I was pretty impressed with James Cook. Um, now, again, it's it's the same thing that we just said about that we just said about you know, Mac Jones played a really good offense. I'm not overly concerned about Tennessee. They played a really good defense. I, I, I see optimism for New Orleans. What does Mike Vrabel do real well defense? We knew the Jets had a good defense. We knew the Jets had a top five defense. So the fact that he got 12 carries and four catches in this game was really, really exciting. I thought Damian Harris was going to have a larger role. Clearly he's not. He's the backup guy um he's not like a standalone play rb2 either you want to play james cook and when these matchups get better and the points start flowing james cook is going to be the recipient big fan of what i saw with uh with james cook what about you what was your takeaway
0: yeah mine, mine's just four words Brees hall is back uh that's basically what i have to say man like it, say it, it again brother if you drafted Brees Hall at ADP in a redraft league this year, you're probably going to win the championship. Um, it, it's it's going to be interesting. Now, granted, that's going to be with the same horrible quarterback play that he had last year, but that didn't seem to matter very much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's back. It's exciting. I'm glad it didn't take long. And the fact that now they can spell a Brees Hall who seems to be fine with a guy like Dalvin Cook, that running game is going to be brutal to go up against, especially for those teams in the division that already have some run defense issues in New England, in Buffalo, in Miami. So it'll be
1: You know, and, and, and this is the best takeaway to end the show on. Guys, people are going to tear ACLs. People are going to tear Achilles. People are going to get major injuries this year. Do not use that as a reason to fade them if the team is telling you the right story. Denver didn't bring in anybody but Samaj Perine. Ryan. They had to bring in another running back. They let Melvin Gordon go mid season last year. They had to have an RB two. There, there's going to be a running back room. It's not like it's the Javante Williams and no one else. And, and, and what did Denver tell us all year? They didn't draft anybody. They, they didn't spend a bunch of money on free agents and, and you know, you know, Dalvin Cook's a different animal than a lot of the other guys on the market. So I, I think I think that's a great takeaway, it is don't let the ACL – the team will tell you what's going on with the ACL. You know, if they put them on the pup or they draft someone high or they sign a, a high name, then you have reason to con- to be concerned. And and, and the, the Jets and the Broncos never gave us those concerns. But I'm never concerned that I have to move the show schedule around when I got guys like Dally to jump on Dr. Kyle. Jerry will be back next week. It'll still be on Thursday. We'll be recording Wednesday night for a Thursday release. Had to do Tuesday, but I knew this guy in spite of a real job, in spite of a significant other, a house remodel, and he's going to Italy next week. I knew this guy would have my back. Dally, dude, you're the man. You, uh, you saved the show.
0: Yeah, you betcha. It's always glad to hop on the main show when I can, so uh, not a problem for me.
1: And I've got a couple of other uh, future. We learned about Jalen Wright, Wright, like the Wright brothers. We learned about Jalen Wright tonight, running back from Tennessee. We're going to learn about another college player next week so that when you're watching these games or you're seeing these players or you're seeing ESPN highlights, you can say, oh, I heard about that guy from Dallas on the Dynasty War Zone. I'm going to pay attention to watch this highlight because I might be drafting him next year. Dallas, dude, you're the man. I'm going to get out of here. Subscribe everywhere. Playerprofiler.com, Dynasty Warzone. We both have a YouTube channel. Subscribe to both. We have an audio channel for both. Subscribe to both. Uh, We have Dally. We'll be back to doing shows soon. We've got Jesse and the guys doing the Dynasty War games. Clearly, you already know about the Player Profiler Network, but if you do me a quick favor and subscribe to two YouTube channels, two podcast channels. And if you got an extra 5 bucks a month, if you can go from that $7 mocha choca latte frappuccino gimmick and you can go with that $1 McDonald's coffee for one day. And I know how much that thing costs. My son bought one the other day, he paid $7. I didn't pay, it's his money. He's got a job. $7.03 for a coffee. I'm like, "Dude, you could have got a black coffee at McDonald's for a buck." And the gap there, that pays for a full month of the Patreon over at Patreon dot com forward slash dynasty war dallas you're the man follow that man at salad s-a-l-l-a-d galore on x and you too can see him defend justin fields mercilessly but until next time dallas i owe you one and uh i'll see you guys back here on friday for the juice have a great week everybody thank you so
4: much You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your Dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.
2: Let me tell you something, Pandeo.
1: You pull any of your crazy shit with us, you flash a piece out on the lanes, I'll take it away from you and stick it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus.
3: When we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the fucking difference between winning
0: and losing.
1: We won a game yesterday. If we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, That's called a winning streak.